Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel, and here we learn about plants, how to care for them, how they work, and I keep it simple and taught in a way that anyone from beginner to expert can enjoy. Join me in Plant School. Hello and welcome to Plant School. So happy to have you here today listening. Today I have a great episode lined up. It's another plant myth or not episode and we're going to be diving into the question of if plants can hear. So a majority of the information that I got for this podcast came from this great book called What a Plant Knows by Daniel Chamovitz. So if you are interested in learning more, definitely check out his book. It was so interesting to read. He goes through a kind of a ton of questions revolving around plants, what they can and can't do, and what we do and do not know about them. First, I want to ask, you know, why are we asking this question? And It's because it's a very common experiment, especially like with kids doing science fairs and things like that, to see what effect music has on plants. So, you know, what effect does classical music have on a plant or pop music? I know when I was little, I'm pretty... I'm pretty certain I did this experiment. I'm pretty sure me and my mom went to the store, grabbed a few vegetables, and we started to grow them, and I gave one classical music and one no music at all, and we tested the results of those. I'm pretty sure the classical music plants grew more, but looking back, there were a lot of, like, fallacies with my experiment. It wasn't really sound, you know, not really (laughs) scientifically based, but it was fun to do, you know, when I was younger. And there's also been like those experiments, you may have seen them, where people are talking kindly to a plant and they talk really mean to another plant and it's said that it can affect these plants and how they grow. So that's kind of why we're asking this question because it's such a common experiment and we see people trying to prove that plants can hear there's some sort of connection going on with the plant and with sound waves coming through the air. Starting at the beginning... How do we hear? Our human ears are incredibly sensitive. They pick up on vibrations or pressure waves in the air or other mediums. You know, you can put your ear on a wall and you can hear through a wall. We have these tiny sensitive hair cells. They're called tactile sensitive hair cells in our inner ears. And they bend when a sound, which is basically, you know, air pressure, wave coming through hits them and we interpret that into a sound through our auditory nerve taking that information to the brain so these hairs are bending around and creating an auditory signal traveling to our brain so that's how we hear the question is you know do plants hear the same way Besides elementary school science fairs, like 
the things I was doing, playing classical music to my plants, there have actually been other people that have played music to their plants. Like big name scientists and researchers have done this. So not just kids in their science fairs. So Charles Darwin, he actually performed this experiment with plants and music. He played his own bassoon music. I didn't know Charles Darwin played the bassoon, but apparently he does. And what he was doing, he was trying to observe if it induced the leaves on a mimosa plant to close. So mimosa plants are also called sensitive plants and when they are touched, their leaves will literally fold up and close together. It's actually really cool. I'm pretty sure you can like buy them at nurseries and at other like house plant stores. They're a really neat plant. So Charles Darwin tried to get them to close with his music and it did not work. And scientific researchers, they actually haven't really gone too much farther into the world of plants and auditory stimulation. Although there was one study, it was done by Gary Schwartz and Catherine Kreeth at the University of Arizona. And they studied if plants could be affected by music, noise, and healing energy. How they did this is they used gentle healing music. Most of which it was just like nature sounds and Native American flute sounds, which I've listened to some of that stuff. It was like my parents' go-to soundtrack on trips. I feel like we bought one, like bought a CD at like Zion National Park and it was like Native American flute sounds. And, and I'm not saying that like I loved listening to it, but I didn't hate it. it like it was... It was fine. So what they did is they played this music to zucchini seeds and okra seeds in the soil to see if it would affect their germination. And they found that there was a slight increase in their germination compared to those that were sitting in silence. But they figured this might have been due to the healing energy applied by Catherine Kreeth. So Schwartz and Kreeth, the two scientists in charge of this, they cited a book in support of their research by Dorothy Retallick, who studied plants, and she claimed that plants who were having prayers over them did much better than the plants who were bombarded by hateful thoughts. So this was in 1960s. 1960s was kind of a climate where rock music was seen as harmful, and she claimed that classical music helped plants thrive, and plants exposed to Led Zeppelin or Jimi Hendrix were stunted. And she really dived deep into this. She claimed that it was the percussion slash the drums causing the damage. Personally, I I think that this is kind of silly. I'm a drummer myself, and I love percussion. I love drums. It is so therapeutic to bang on things, especially after like hard days, just to get it out. I don't think that plants would be affected by that sort of stuff. And this is the good news. Her studies were found to not hold up. She made a few mistakes. One was that she used fewer than five plants in each group, so the results weren't statistically significant, meaning that you need a large group of In this case, you needed a large group of plants. In other studies, it might be people, it might be mice, whatever. But you need large groups so that it can be statistically significant. If you only have one, that's not really showing us anything. It could be a fluke. And another flaw in her study was that she wasn't always using instruments 
to measure everything. So for example, a finger was used as a moisture meter instead of an actual moisture meter. So her research has yet to be replicated successfully in a credible lab. And going back to that first study, you know, of Gary Schwartz and Catherine Kreeth applying healing energy and healing music, you know, if they were citing a book written by Dorothy Retallick, who her studies were found not to be credible, you can kind of assume that maybe their studies weren't quite credible as well. Especially when, how do you, how do you like define healing energy? That's just really hard to do scientifically. Absolutely no offense to people who do believe in healing energy, but in the scientific world, that's just really hard to measure and show that it is credible. So, has there been any credible research that's been done? And yes, there has. I will tell you about it. Richard Klein and Pamela Edsolf, they were scientists in New York, and they worked at the New York Botanical Garden, and they ran several tests to see if plants were affected by music. So they got some marigolds, and they tested several types of music and found that music had no influence on the growth of the marigolds. And it's really interesting to me because... This study by Richard and Pamela, they used lots of marigolds. They did everything in a way that, you know, could be replicated. It was scientifically sound. But no one, no one ever talks about this study. It's not interesting. And so therefore, it's not very popular. It's not very well known. And Redelac's book is very well known. It is spread around. It's super popular. And so it's just interesting to me that something that's not very credible is super well known while something that is, is just brushed under the rug. And I feel like that happens a lot in the scientific world. Sometimes we pick and choose what studies gain popularity because they verify what we want to think. Like it's more interesting, right, to believe that music affects plants and pop music or rock music is really awful for plants, but classical music is like this higher form of music that's really great for them, right? It's interesting. It's exciting to learn about. It verifies maybe mothers who are fighting their kids on not listening to rock music, right? Whereas this one that Klein and Etzel did where they saw no difference in these marigolds. No one wants to hear about that. Nothing exciting was found out. So it's just interesting to see kind of how we as humans pick and choose what we'd like to believe even when it may not be true. But other credible studies have been done. So moving on from the Marigold one, there was a woman by the name of Janet Bram, and she was the researcher who found out that there were different genes that got activated when you touch a plant. And she also decided to study to see if sound had the same effect on plants, like if there were genes that were activated when different sounds were played, and she found that there were no genes that were activated. So further proving the point that plants aren't reacting to sound. Another researcher, Peter Scott, found that corn seeds germinated quicker than those in silence, but then as time passed on, someone replicated this study and they thought it was maybe the warm air surrounding the speakers that was affecting it. So they got a fan and they blew away all the warm air that was surrounding the speakers as it was playing music and found that, in fact, there really was no difference in germination. It was just the warmth from the speakers that was causing them to germinate quicker. 
So some really interesting, credible studies showing that maybe plants aren't reacting to music the way that is being popularized. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to dive into how talking affects the plants, because we've dived into how music can maybe not affect plants at all, but does human voices speaking to plants affect them? Oh my goodness, hello. It's me doing an ad for my own podcast. But I don't know if you guys know this, but this podcast, the Plant School podcast, is put on by me, myself, and I. No one is paying me to do this. I do it in my free time, and I greatly appreciate any support that you can give to keep this podcast going. So there are three ways that you can support this podcast. Number one, you can share it with a friend. And if you do so, you actually enter into my giveaway all you have to do is message me on Instagram at Tinny Plants and let me know that you shared it and I will enter you in to win some really cool Plant School merch for free. Secondly, you can buy Plant School merch on your own. We have some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers as well as Plant School podcast-specific shirts and stickers. The link to my merch store can be found in the show notes of every single episode. And third option that you can do to support this podcast is to become a supporter. There is a link at the very bottom of the details of every episode of my podcast and you can click that link to support the podcast and set up a monthly donation. It can be as low as $1 a month or it can be, you know, as high as you want. I won't tell you what to do. Any support that you can give is greatly appreciated. It allows me to spend my free time researching for you and helping you learn more about the plant world in a really fun and digestible way. I love doing this podcast and I would really love your guys' help in sustaining it so that I can keep going with it for the long haul. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. So besides music, does talking to plants affect them? And the results of this question are kind of varied. So there's a lot of really amateur work that shows that positive words help plants grow and negative words stunt growth. There's a really popular one that was done by Ikea and they did a bullying experiment and they showed that the plants that were bullied and spoken unkindly to were stunted in their growth. And the reason why this doesn't hold up is that it wasn't in a controlled environment. There could have been a lot of different factors affecting these plants. And so it doesn't really hold any credibility, really. But that's a popular example. Another one is that the RHS, which is the Royal Horticultural Society over in London, they put headphones on plants' pots and they had recordings of people talking. They found that the female narrator had more growth than the other plants. But the problem with this study was that it was one single plant that they were testing and saw that it had more growth. 
So again, like we talked about, when it's just one single plant, there's so many things that could be causing that plant to grow more and it's not statistically significant. You need a very large sample size to show that this really works. Man, I like really am wishing (laughs) for this episode that Sam was still on the podcast with me because he actually graduated in statistics and I feel like he could explain the meaning of statistical significance and all that stuff a lot better than I could. But I hope that it's at least making sense because because I don't have him here right now. (laughs) But anyways, moving on, those were about the only studies done of people talking to plants and seeing the effects. So again, no really like scientific research done in the laboratory with significant sample sizes or anything like that. It would be interesting though to see someone do that in the future. But I mentioned earlier that Janet Bram was looking for genes to see if plants had genes that would be activated when music was played to them. The question arises, do plants have like any genes at all for hearing? And the answer is not exactly. So there's this plant called the mouse ear cress, or its scientific name is Arabidopsis thaliana, and its entire genome has been sequenced out. So if you remember back to like science class way back, you know, whenever school was for you, the building blocks of DNA of, you know, our chromosomes that contain all of our genetic information was A, T, C, and G. A was adenosine, T was thymine, C was cytosine and guanine. And those were just the nucleotides that made up our entire DNA. So this plant, literally they have sequenced out the A's and T's, the C's and G's of the entire genome. We know what makes up this plant completely from its DNA. And so this plant kind of makes up a huge part of scientific research on plants because it is, I think, the only plant that has been entirely sequenced out. From this plant, they found what they call deaf genes. So in humans, we have deaf genes as well. And when they are mutated, these genes cause those little hairs in our ear, you know, that we're bending and giving us information about sound waves. They cause them not to grow at all and we can't hear. So in a plant with their deaf genes, it actually affects the proper functioning of their root hairs. And as we know, root hairs, they don't really affect a plant's hearing, right? That's not what root hairs are for. They're for gathering nutrients for the plant. So we share these genes for affecting our hearing, but it's not going to affect a plant in an auditory way. It's going to affect their root hairs. So really interesting, you know, that we share these genes, but they don't exactly mean that they are going to be deaf or not. Wrapping it up can plants hear yes or no it's really unfortunately not a simple yes and it's not a simple no right now just because we have a large lack of research in this area and I feel like the reason why maybe there's a lack of research is because it's not really pertinent to our survival of mankind and I don't know what would come from researching if plants can hear so maybe that's why no one wants to spend their funds and money on doing research on if plants can hear which is unfortunate because they would be interesting studies but they're not going to really affect us in a big way 
So it's very possible that the right study has yet to be performed and we just don't understand how plants can hear yet. Maybe they do, you know, but so far plants and seeds, they don't really seem to respond to our music and our choices in music. If you love rock music, don't worry, it's not going to kill your plants. And they don't really seem to be influenced by our positive energy vibes that we put on them. That would be really cool if we could just like exude positive energy and make plants grow. That would be awesome. But right now, we just don't really understand if that's actually a phenomenon that works. And the thing is, if you were to get onto Google right now and Google this question, you know, can plants hear, you're actually going to see a lot of anecdotal evidence that supports that plants can hear and that they do react to your music and they do react to your voice. So you need to speak kindly to them. You need to talk to them and you need to play classical music for them. But as I've explained, a lot of this research, they have a lot of holes in them. They're not really sound. And though they're very popular, it doesn't mean they are true and proven. So just be aware of that because you could Google this and you could email us saying, I I looked this up and I saw a lot of great research that showed me that I need to be playing classical music and talking kindly to my plants and they will grow. And that's true. You are going to find a lot of research like that, but it's not research that has been done in a way that the scientific community will accept. And there's actually been one researcher that suggests that we should actually be studying how natural sounds affect plants. So instead of music and healing energy and things like that, maybe we should start researching like what does the buzzing of a bee and that vibration and those sounds affect a plant? Does it affect the production of pollen? Or maybe we could study the sounds of other insects on plants and does that affect them? So there's a lot of great room for research and what it could do. There's been two researchers in Switzerland. They found that ultrasonic vibrations are emanating from pine and oak trees during drought seasons. And they found that these vibrations were actually passive results of physical forces, but perhaps other plants around them could sense those ultrasonic vibrations and prepare for dry conditions. We don't know yet, but they had that question in mind when they found these ultrasonic vibrations kind of coming from these trees due to passive forces. Maybe other plants could sense that and they could kind of change from that. So perhaps there is some areas of research that would be pertinent to us in understanding plants more and could affect mankind. But in general, just not a lot of not a lot of research has been done. And I'm interested to kind of see where it goes. Maybe I'll be like doing a podcast in 10 years from now and there'll just be so much more. Well, it'd be kind of fun to be able to be like, oh yeah, when I did this podcast 10 years ago, we didn't know anything about plants and how they can hear. But now there's this and this and this. I really hope so. I really hope to do like a part two of this in 10 years and have so much more to tell you guys. But for now, we need more research to know how plants are affected either by music or humans talking or maybe the sounds of insects or other natural sounds. It's so interesting to me that there are things about plants that we just don't know yet and some exciting discoveries are probably yet to be made. Anyways, this was kind of a short episode. I hope you guys enjoy today's Plant School podcast and I hope you guys will join me next week to learn more about plants in just a really easy, fun, and digestible way. Thanks, guys.
thank you for being here and listening today, and I hope you'll join me next week. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it going, you can find the support link below in the description and donate. Or I have some awesome Plant School merch, including stickers, shirts, and mugs, and the link to my shop is in the description as well. And if you don't want to spend any money but still support the podcast, share this podcast with a friend either verbally or electronically. This will even qualify you for my giveaway. Just message me on Instagram at tinnyplant that you shared the podcast with a friend and you'll be entered in for a chance to win some goodies. Winners will be announced on the podcast. Again, thank you for listening and I hope you have a great week.